Hey guys, it's Andres Gamboa Barrera, creator and co-host of the Ponytails podcast. Nick Diverti was back with me today for season two, episode two, where we talked to Sean Brafo, who sold for eight summers and had a wonderful career throughout those eight summers between 2010 and 2017. Sean just shared a variety of things with us today, including every single lesson that he learned throughout his eight summers, all the lessons that he learned after dealing with racism on on the field when he was working, and really just life lessons that gave us a lot of perspective and really reminded us of what it is to have a positive attitude and a very charismatic personality and, and a lot of energy. And so what a pleasure it was to have Sean. I really appreciated the whole time that he spent with us, and I hope you enjoyed the episode. Again, feel free to follow us on YouTube, Instagram, and any other social media where you listen to podcasts. We are on YouTube as well as Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Now, without further ado, Sean Brafo. Yeah, man, it's so good to have you on, Sean. Um, I, I can't think of um, any one person that I've like consciously thought of more than you over this past, like, I don't know, five years since I've known you. That's weird, right? But you taught me- Oh, how, how sweet. To- yeah, you, you taught me how to get myself to sleep effectively by just scanning my day with gratitude. So we're we're grateful for you to be here, Sean. You're a I'm legend. I'm glad you remember that because I definitely don't. But that's oh, great. <laughs> I'm glad I was of service. Oh yeah, I always picture myself hugging Sean Briefo and, and falling asleep. So, <laughs> so Sean, it's awesome to have you on, man. And uh, we're excited to dig into some Southwestern stories. Eight summers in the book business out of Texas A&M, gigging and all that good stuff. Um, it was a pleasure to see you um, just a few weeks ago over there in Houston. And yeah, man, let's uh, let's start by talking about your um, journey into the book world. Who was Sean Briefo as a 18, 20, 20, 19 year old getting recruited to do this whole book thing across country, door to door, straight commission? Dude, it was actually pretty cool. So the the way I heard about this, I don't know about you guys, how y'all heard about this, but I, I was one of those random people that filled out a questionnaire. Yeah, uh, I, I literally remember it. I was in history class. I sat next to a girl that played volleyball at A&M cool. uh, in my history class. And so I, I came in, I remember running a little bit late and I sat down next to her. She was like, oh, here, they're passing these around. She's like, it's about some internship or something. They said something about $8,000. I was like, well, it, it beats working. I was working at a country club at a cafe before that. And then I was also doing Cutco uh, the summer before my freshman year in college. So uh, for me, it, for me, it was like, okay, it beats working 50 to 60 hours a week uh, at a, at a actual location. And then obviously at the information session, you hear 80 hours a week and you're like, Oh shit. (laughs) <laughs> Can I do that? <laughs> but I was like, okay, if average person makes uh, seven thousand five hundred, eight thousand, or whatever it was at that time, I was like, well, I, I, I could do that. Plus, that would be good money for a summer. So, yeah, hell yeah. Who hell was yeah, your man. student manager? So funny. This is actually highly in debate. Uh, hopefully, if you guys get a chance to get Pedro <laughs> Vega on the call. Yeah, um, okay. I remember talking to a guy when I got the information filled out because um, I remember I was frantically when I got the call, I was like in the commons area of Texas A&M 
Uh, I lived in the commons, lived in one of the halls. I got a call like as I was in line to get probably pizza or Chick-fil-A or something like that. I, I'm pretty sure it was pasta. Uh, and I remember <laughs> not even having a pin. So I literally ran into like the little convenience store rattlers, asked the, the, the cashier person for a pin and like literally wrote the information session location and everything <laughs> on my pizza box or pasta box. And I, I was like, okay, cool. I'm glad I found a pin. And then I remember showing up and it was between me and this girl who was a junior. And I was like, damn, this girl is well-spoken, but I'm probably, I, pro I, I know I work harder than her, so I'll be fine. <laughs> hey, dang. Love it. Was this uh was this freshman year? Like what, what part of the college experience was this for you? Yeah, freshman year, February, spring semester. Oh, baby. Yeah, so it was right before I went to uh, Costa Rica for like another freshman deal at AM. But yeah, I remember showing up. Uh, and it's funny when I was talking to Pedro, I, I, we talked about this once like a year ago. He was like, Sean, I could have swore I called you. I was going to say, I thought so too. <laughs> <laughs> but Jessica Lackey, who I, I freaking love to death and I adore, uh, actually Quinn Roberts, who, who works with us too, it, it's his wife, um, Jessica Lackey. Um, and goodness, I don't, I don't know how the translation got mixed up and it ended up being her that called me over versus him. But I swore yeah. I talked to a guy, but I guess he didn't think he called me or he didn't want to have called me. <laughs> uh, I, was, I was probably the only one from that information session that worked out. So it was golden. <laughs> Hell yeah. And then you stayed eight summers. And I stayed eight summers. <laughs> what did you do that first summer? Where'd you sell? Uh, my first summer was in Minnesota, like Southwest wow. Minnesota, Jackson, Worthington. We lived out in this little bitty town called Rushmore. Okay. Not Mount Rushmore, Rushmore, Minnesota. Uh, really cool. And I'm super thankful for my roommate, uh, Rocco Ponce, who he lives out of San Antonio now. But uh, I remember it was because of him that I really got on track my first summer. It was my first introduction to Tony Robbins, who I'm really involved with now, which is super awesome. And I remember like literally waking up each morning. It was like a game, a game in self-mastery. would wake up every morning, literally sprint, he lived right next to a big, like old abandoned parks. And it was like all the houses kind of surrounded the park. And so it would sprint around the park and then go out in front of the house, do some push-ups, do some sit-ups and then run inside and then take our cold shower. And that, that was my, my beginning, uh, to, uh, I guess self-mastery, which is, yeah. pretty cool. um, and then Tony it's Robbins actually kind of cool. What's that? Some Tony Robbins language right there. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Big time. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then also it's actually kind of funny. So I was put in my first summer, what they call a, a blast off HQ where <laughs> all the people that uh, start off in the HQ, they're all first year. So normally there's a manager, nice. yeah. of course. And it, it was funny. Like after my first day I went in, I think I shadowed my first day. I actually went and shadowed uh, Nick Oliviero won't ever forget probably the the craziest weirdest day just because it was just totally new you know totally new and then I came home and I remember seeing a note from one of my roommates Andrew he was like hey guys uh I'm going home <laughs> I was like okay so it's me and uh another guy I can't see I can't remember his name but I can see his face but 
goodness, I think he sold like 170 units his first his first day. I mean, his first week. Uh, but and that was Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. He left on no, no Thursday and Friday, I guess. And then he left on Saturday. He just went home, and I was like, well shit i remember kind of crazy I, I remember literally crying myself to sleep uh saturday night and then going to the sunday meeting the next morning and <laughs> i guess because i've always uh i guess i used to be the this person that has always put on a, a mask to always seem like i'm okay yeah um because I, I guess I never wanted to be considered weak by any means. Obviously, you can tell from my stature to, to, to everything else about me. Yeah. Uh, so I get to the Sunday meeting and it's literally like right as we're going off, like as we're like leaving for the day, I'm like, OK, cool. And, you know, I'm the only one going back to my HQ. And they're like, wait, what? <laughs> oh, because uh, my manager told them. Oh. Yeah. Oh, was, no. <laughs> And so then they moved Rocco in with me literally that night. And so it, it, Rocco and then Jake Vidane, who's a good buddy too. And so I know Jake. Uh, what's that? Jake is an old roommate of mine from North Star. Nice. Yeah. Nice. May, may <laughs> he rest awesome. in peace um, for those. He's not dead. <laughs> what? What are you talking about? He's Someone not dead. He died. All right. <laughs> Jake, if you're out there, listen to this episode and give me a call. <laughs> Hold on. Did we just did we just confuse a person's life status? Yes. Live? Live wow. on live on the guys, podcast. Yes. Who, how many drinks have you had, gentlemen? I've had none. <laughs> That's hilarious though. So yeah. then so then that first summer, how how'd that go? Like what was that experience like for you at Southwest Minnesota? Oh, dude, it was interesting. It was weird. It was crazy. It was all the emotions of, it's funny. I think y'all guys probably hear this analogy all the time, but I'd say take a year's worth of emotions and squeeze them into three months right. and like throw some crack and some cocaine in there and some weed, not, not, not actually taking substances, but just the <laughs> emotions of taking those drugs and that's the first summer. Yeah. <laughs> um, it, it was, yeah. I wouldn't call it a train wreck, but it was fun. It, it was fun, but also at the same time, there were, there were times of tr times of triumph, times of sadness, trying times of literally all the emotions. Mm -hmm. um, I guess I could tell a story for my first summer that it's like, I, I literally, it was my hardest day, but also my best day. Okay. Um, yeah. So long story short, just to kind of preface it. So of course you guys know the morning routine, you jump out of bed, you do whatever your morning practices is. Um, the executive exercises going crazy. Um, <laughs> let me see your all sorts of very derogative things. <laughs> and um, just long story short, I remember it, it, it was one of those mornings. I'm sure you guys have experienced it. The morning where it's like thundering rain. <laughs> and you're like shit how the fuck is today gonna go yeah, yeah. <laughs> when you when you realize what it actually means to sell in the rain you're like because uh, you've got the context yeah. of having sold in the dry so uh -huh. then like now you think because he prepared you in nashville for rain right but like you've been selling and all of a sudden you're like oh i have to do all of that but wet yeah <laughs> it sucks <laughs> it's a um, bitch oh yeah 
Uh, it was great. And so I was working in the country. It's like literally when I was drawing my maps every morning, because back back in the day we drew on paper. <laughs> we didn't have sales rabbit or iPads. Mm -hmm. um, so literally drawing my rap maps, it literally, I might as well have just grabbed like a piece of graphing paper because that was my turf. <laughs> it was, it was, yeah, it was named Numbers, First Street, Second Street, all the way to 234th Street, yeah. all sorts of craziness. And then the other ones had names. They were either flowers or people or all sorts of weird stuff or shapes. Presidents. Yeah, yeah. presidents. And states. Yeah, we like, our, we, like our grid states. we like our grid systems in the West. So, yeah. <laughs> it was easy. But I, I remember driving by the street. And it was between two like cornfields. Um, and I remember it said, do not drive on when wet. It was literally like a blue sign. And I was like, when I passed by it, like the day before, the week before, it's probably a couple of days before I was like, huh, that's kind of weird. Why would they say <laughs> oh, that? Driving on it now and it's dry. And so uh, long story short, fast forward to this crazy day where it's like, all sorts of like rain and drudgery. It's like we we woke up and even even the student manager Rocco, we were like, shit, how is today gonna go? <laughs> and it's like that that looming, it's almost like the elephant in the room. Like the breakfast spot was very quiet that morning. Yeah. Because I, I don't think any of us were looking forward to the rain. Doing execs in the rain, we got like super excited and that was fun. But then afterwards we said we hugged each other, said a prayer. And it's like, all right, <laughs> going out for the day. And so fast forward, I, that day was kind of, it was very slow in the morning. I, I don't know if it was me or if I don't know if it was just the rain, but I'm, I'm remembering knocking on all sorts of doors and didn't get many, many people to answer the door. And I'm like looking at my map and I'm just going to fast forward to the, I think at that point when what I'm about to describe to you happened, it was probably around 1130, maybe 12-ish, maybe one. I don't remember the exact time. But um, I remember I was sitting on like five demos, <laughs> uh, zero sits, probably oh, no. one or two sits. And uh, so I'm looking at my map and I'm like driving. And since everything's on the grid system, I'm like looking at my map, trying to make sure I'm not I don't have the, the graph turned the wrong way. And I'm like turning on the street to figure out where the house is. And in the corner of my eye, I, I see blue and I feel my tires start to spin. And so I, I get caught between this, okay, do I stop my car and back up? Cause I'd gone on to this, do not drive on when wet uh, dirt road or dirt slush, dirt craziness. Bloody mud road. <laughs> that my, my car got stuck on. So I'm like, okay, maybe if I just keep going, I, I'll get to the end. That was a dumb idea because <laughs> these strips are like at least half a mile to three quarters to even a mile long. And so I'm like stepping on my gas and I'm like, maybe, oh goodness. I'd say I'm, I'm maybe 50 feet going in. I was like, no, I should stop and back up. And so I hit my brake and I'm like, Fuck, I probably shouldn't have done that. <laughs> <laughs> you like sank a little bit, right? <laughs> yeah, it, it, I probably sank a little bit in my chair when I did <laughs> And so, uh, so I'm like on this road and I'm like, okay, uh, just on to the next house. And so uh, I'm like, all right, whatever, uh, think, don't work. And so I open my door and I take a step out 
and literally like my my foot like mud is literally above my ankle probably <laughs> it's probably like i wouldn't say halfway up my calf but like not exaggerating pro- probably at least uh, of the a, way. A, a foot of mud it, <laughs> it was crazy and so i step out and i'm like oh crap oh, man. <laughs> and i'm like okay what do i do do i put my other foot in because i'm already right. here or do <laughs> And so long story short, um, long story long, actually. So I, 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 re- I have one foot in the mud, one foot in the car. I'm like looking in my back seat for something. Uh, thankfully, Jessica prepared me really well. So that day, it was like the very first day that I actually wore like my mud boots. And so um, anyway, it, one was stuck in the mud. So I slipped yeah. my sock out because <laughs> I, I had them on and I'm like, okay crap i've got shoes in my trunk i've got a piece of cardboard fuck it whatever i'm gonna try to get my car out of the mud i'm a strong guy i'm gonna push my car and so i go out into the mud um and i've got my AM jacket on and everything so i'm like okay maybe i can push my car and i'm like sloshing in the mud throwing water and mud everywhere and got mud on my hands and i'm like don't think just work just do yeah and so i'm like kind of rock my car back and forth and it's literally just throwing mud everywhere not really going anywhere and then i'm like okay that means i probably need some traction and so i run to my trunk i find like a a car a piece of cardboard i don't know where the hell i got cardboard or anything i'm like oh i'm gonna put it under the tire that's stuck in the mud and so put it under there it it didn't do shit (laughs) (laughs) and so ran got back in my car and i'm like i'm like okay i'm supposed to be working this sucks. I got mud all over my hands, mud all over my shirt. Obviously, my legs are super muddy too. And I sit in the car and I'm like, okay, I think Jessica taught me something about this problem solving formula. And it was in that moment that I guess before I got to the problem solving formula, in that moment, I remember thinking, shit. I, I felt like I was between a rock and a hard place because I, I knew I should be working and I wanted to be working, but I, I couldn't use my phone because, of course, as Dan Moore says, don't use your phone during the day or whatever. And don't yeah. go back to the HQ and all these right. different ideas and <laughs> concepts that have been like bashed into my head. And so I'm like, fuck. <laughs> What it's the hell? <laughs> literally rocking a hard place. So I literally get in my car and I literally scream fuck at the top Damn. of my lungs. Damn. And I start punching my steering wheel. Uh, and it's funny because you guys know me now. It's like, Sean doing that? Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, right, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so in, in that moment, I was like, okay, problem solving formula. Uh, okay, remember, don't, don't think of more than one option at the same time. Just get, get them down on paper. I like... <laughs> pulled out an extra sheet of paper for my pre-approach pad and I'm like writing these things out. I'm like, oh, I can walk the rest of the day. I'm in the freaking country. <laughs> That's what I said in my head. I was like, no, no, Sean, stop. Wait, you evaluate them later. Later, I'm like, I can call a tow truck. Oh, uh, you're not supposed to use your phone during the day. <laughs> so I'm like, all right, stop. Just get them all down on paper. I was like, I can go and ask the neighbor, the closest house, which is probably half a mile up the road, yep. but I'd have to trudge through all this mud. And of course I had the, what am I gonna look like if I'm showing up super muddy 
uh, to yeah. their door. And I'm like, I can't do that because I want to be professional something like that. <laughs> or something like that. Um, and so long story short, went through this problem solving formula and I was just super frustrated, but I did it anyway. Uh, I ended up actually going and trudging through this mud. And have you ever like ran like where I guess on mud or water, and then you get like mud on like the back of your shirt from your yes. heels coming up. <laughs> yep. And so I did Everywhere. this, I'm like trying to run <laughs> with the book bag over my shoulder and it was crazy. So I literally got to sit, uh, got to the, the, the not so wet part. And I'm literally, I, I like touched the back of my head for some reason. And there's just like a handful of mud and I'm like, Oh, this is great. And I was like, I'm going to look like a fool. But anyway, I start jogging down to like the closest house and <laughs> I go and I knock on the door and I had, keep in mind, I had already knocked on this door. Oh, okay. But I guess because the rain was so loud or whatever, like there were people inside. I clearly saw that they were home and they didn't answer. So I was like, fuck it. Let's try again. I saw yeah. cars. Um, and they definitely both drove Priuses. Like the people yeah. were home and they drove Priuses. So I knock on this door <laughs> and the lady finally answers. She opens the door. She's like, oh, no, you got stuck on the road, didn't you? <laughs> I was like yeah <laughs> and then she she let me in uh i, I got my clothes changed and everything there her her husband just happened to be about the same size as me so i came back with a new wardrobe i looked like an old man it was great um stood and, and so they were like uh well we can't pull you out but we can call a tow truck for you and i was like okay great and then so i get back to my car she didn't tell me that it was going to take over an hour and a half for the tow truck person to come. And so I went back to my car. I was like, okay, well, I need to be doing something because if I'm not with or on the way to see Miss Jones, uh, I'm not working. <laughs> That's the <laughs> <so>, definition. <laughs> and so I'm literally like, okay, what can I do while this tow truck man comes? And so I'm like literally doing my pre-approach for three hours. <laughs> and uh, I think I had one of the advanced sales CDs on and mm. I'm like learning good stuff. And so long story short, so this is the freaking crazy part. So the tow truck comes and uh, he's like hooping and hollering and cursing. And uh, I'm like being super nice. Thank you so much for being here. Like uh, I, I'm an idiot. I got stuck. He's like, yeah, didn't you see the sign? I was like, <laughs> but anyway so he hooks up my car and everything and i'm like all right good it's been an hour and a half i've missed like one whole goal period i can get back to work the freaking idiot forgets to take his like put his parking brake on and so he hooked like the crane thing up to my car but literally the big tow truck starts to slide into the mud too and I'm like, what the fuck? This guy's an idiot. <laughs> Old guy. And so he's like hooping and hollering and making it seem like it's my fault. I'm like, dude, you're so dumb. <laughs> and so long story short, we, we wait like another hour and a half. And so by this time, it's like four, almost five o'clock. And so long story short, he, he has another guy come. King Ranch, super positive guy. He's like, hey, guys, looks like you guys got yourself in a pickle. I'm like, yeah, <laughs> you can help but laugh at that. And so he, like, hooks his, like, F-350 King Ranch up to this huge tow truck with a big crane and pulls both of our cars out. He's like, 
this needs to be on the Ford commercial. <laughs> All sorts of good stuff. But literally probably one of the most positive guys I, I, I met. And I was like, man, I want to be like that guy. Like, no matter what the circumstances, it's like he's positive and seeing the bright side of things and, and excited to be where he is. And so long story short, he, he pulled this out and I like finally get back on the road. And it was like 275 which is the most I've ever paid for a tow job. Yeah, it's, it's not like they took me somewhere. They literally just took me out of the mud. He's like, right. well, you got to pay this guy, which is 175 and then uh, an emergency call for another vehicle to come out. End up being, I'm like, all right, whatever. I'm like crying because I've never spent $275 of my own money in my life before at that point. And so I'm just like bawling. And I'm like, all right, cool, here, whatever, take it. And then I get back in my car and I'm like, fuck between a rock and a hard place again. And I'm like, okay, um, it, it, long story short, I ended up making the decision. I said, hey, hell or high water, I, I'm gonna hit my metrics today because mm. I learned that it's not about what happens to you, but how you react to it. Mm. And I was like, hey, hell or high water, I don't care what happens. I'm just gonna make sure I get my 30 demos today. Uh, long story short, I don't even remember the rest of the day because it was like a whirlwind. I was sprinting to each house just literally trying to put forward my full effort and i think i ended the day at like either right at 30 at like 10 30 at night yeah. or or something like that i remember even the last house i was like oh god i hope these people don't try to shoot me because i'm knocking on their door so late <laughs> um yeah, right. and i was like all right here i'm selling books bye yeah, right. <laughs> Demo. Um, <laughs> But, but I think that the big lesson from that day that ended up helping me have uh, a, a, a good summer, uh, at least in my head, a good summer was it was, hey, if I put my mind to it, I, I can literally do anything that I want mm-hmm. um, because I have the drive. I, I have the work ethic. It's like literally if, if I put my mind to it and actually focus on it, I can make it happen because I was surprised at the end of the day that I actually got, I think I ended up getting like 32 demos or something like that yeah. and, and a couple customers. But up to that point of the summer, it, it was my best day, oh, uh, cool. which was like 99 units or 97 uh, units hey, or something like not that. Shabby, not shabby. <laughs> Dude. And so I was like, wait, you mean I can, even though in my head, it was such a hard day. It's like that there's still some value in that. Mm-hmm. value in uh setting an intention for the rest of the day and actually going after it amen brother i love that wow. and Great sharing. it's interesting because of the people that i know that stuck around southwestern had some success they all have a day like that mm-hmm. and they all like the common thing about that is like they chose to just do what you just said to just make the decision that it's going to be a good day regardless of of what happens like we all have a day like you know that's a the mud pile story type from lee mccroskey you know what i mean yeah like it's it's <laughs> it's pretty cool i mean it's a i think it's kind of what what those are the days you came out for basically you know i mean you might have done it for the money and you might have done it for the sizzler or, or to travel but but as you were going through the summer you started of realizing that you were actually there to challenge yourself and grow mm-hmm. and those were the days that you needed because if it wasn't like that if you never had a day like that then you weren't really those same yeah. lessons wouldn't have been learned, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. for sure. Absolutely. I mean, that shaped your summer, which yeah. then shaped your life. I mean, it sounds like it anyway. It exactly. Shaped my summer. And I definitely do think it shaped my life, which is huge. Yeah. What point yeah. of the summer was that? 
I think this is probably week six or week oh, seven. Smack dab in the middle. There's no yeah. going home, right? That's tough. <laughs> <laughs> that so, and then, so then what, at what point during that summer were you like, all right, because you stayed eight total. So everyone has a different time where they were like, okay, I got to come back. What was that for you? Or how did it go with the rest of the summer? And then how did you choose to come back? I think uh, it ended up going well the rest of the summer. Um, I don't remember the rest of it. It was more, it was much more of a blur because I, I was literally focused by goal period. So by the end of the day, <laughs> I, I didn't even remember what happened because I'm like, okay, after each goal period, it's a clean yeah. slate. Yeah. It's a clean slate. It's a clean slate. And so obviously after so many slates, it's like, hey, I don't remember any of it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and so by the end of the summer, I think that the biggest thing that made me come back was at the end and seeing that I, I I hit Sizzler and um which is the incentive trip of course uh once I hit Sizzler I was like okay great I, I can see how my hard work like has paid off and I came back from the summer it was crazy sophomore year um my fall semester I ended up taking like 18 hours and I was in like student student organizations and and that was a complete whirlwind too, but I literally came back from the summer on like this like Superman high. Oh yeah. I was like, I'm unstoppable. <laughs> <laughs> and so I'm like doing all these things to challenge myself because I'm like, hey, I can do tough things. Yeah. And then wanting to be a part of other people's like transformation because I, I knew how, how valuable my student manager, Jessica Lackey was for me that summer. And that was her last summer. And Jessica Lackey, I could talk about her all day. She is total stud uh, to the max. But anyway, I, I just knew the impact that she had on me that summer. And I was like, hey, I want to be like Jessica one day. And she did five summers. So I was like, hey, I need to do more summers so I can learn to be like Jessica. Very cool. Wow. So you kept going forward. Well, tell us tell us the progression of that. You can, you can focus on summer by summer. You can do a, a whole narrative, you know, the overarching stuff stuff that you care to share about, you know, summers after number one. Oh, goodness. Uh, that's a lot. Yeah, it's all a blur still, right? It's like each that summer. Is a lot. Is a I, I guess I'll just kind of go through with like different takeaways from yeah. each of the different summers. So if I can even think of a takeaway from it. Sure. So second summer, uh, Pedro was my org leader. Uh, remember Clay, Clay Mitchell, Becca Hyde, uh, Corey Valdez Brewer, CVB, he's a stud. Um, it's funny. Um, because I was so service-minded, I was like, hey, I want to be like Jessica. I want to be service-minded. I want to be a servant leader. Yeah. Um, <laughs> crazy thing from that summer, uh, my first one, two, let's say my first two weeks, um, I was coming in hot, but I was like, hey, I want to lead these people well all these new first years. So I was like, Hey, I'm going to show them that it's possible. So I'm going to go work with them in their turf. Mm, yes. And I'm going to give <laughs> them the sales. And so at the beginning of my first summer, I was like, Hey, yeah. if I can do this in your territory, so can you. So <laughs> two weeks into my first summer, I mean, my second summer, yeah. and I hadn't even touched my turf. <laughs> <laughs> Dang, man. So it was crazy. But in my mind, I was like, hey, I'm being a servant leader. I'm helping these people see that they can be successful. And I, I was doing okay. And so I think it was more so the habits that I had. That's what um, I, I wanted to articulate and show to them because I knew if they would 
have the habits, yep. um, they would do well. Cause I didn't believe I had any skill my first summer. I think it was all habits and all belief. That was and me too, man. <laughs> there we 100%. go. Yeah. That's awesome. Just all yeah. habits, all belief, and just doing it. And uh, hey, action cures fear. And hey, on to the next one. No means next. And so yep. uh, just being able to show the guys that my second summer, and that or was pretty close. It was pretty tight. Um, but that's like, that's all I remember about my second summer. Uh, that and uh, following summers when people have like sold over me, I just remember people being like, hey, Sean, did you sell in Tennessee your second summer? Uh, and like they said the area, I don't even remember the name of the area now, but they were like, oh, everybody like talks about this big, jolly, happy black man that came to their door. And <laughs> I just thought that they were talking about you. And it's crazy because this literally happened literally like for summers, people kept getting sent back to that particular part of Tennessee. And cause it was like, I guess like three hours away from the company, mm -hmm. uh, like particular area of Tennessee. And they were like, yeah, yeah. I'd get like a message every summer from someone saying, Hey, did you sell in this area of Tennessee? <laughs> hey, did you sell? I'm working in that area and everybody loves you. <laughs> <laughs> so it was super positive because after that, I think, especially after seeing that guy who wasn't even related to books uh, that helped pull us out of the mud, I was like, Hey, I want to have that guy's enthusiasm mm -hmm. and that guy's energy uh, and, and everything that I do. Um, and I thought that was pretty cool. So I just kind of took that from him and I'm like, kind of like the, uh, Chris Salata, his, his, uh, emulating, like when somebody's like, oh, I, I'm great at public speaking. He's like, oh yeah, I'm, I'm great at public speaking too. <laughs> <laughs> he like takes these concepts from people and he just starts to, uh, exhibit it. And so that's what I did and it ended up going pretty well. Um, third summer was working in Ohio with people that I'd never worked with before, Whitney Gahagan. Dan Stevens, Claire Elliott. Uh, that was a fun summer because that was the first time that I brought out somebody. Um, oh, Colin nice. Deal, uh, uh, super awesome guy. I'm so proud of him. Just even what he's up to in the world today, it's so awesome. So long story short, that was a huge roller coaster for me because I was like, hey, I want to help this guy do well. And he was also my, one of my roommates that summer. It was just super fun, hilarious because we had this guy uh Rohan who everybody thought in that area of Ohio like Toledo Toledo area everybody thought he was like <laughs> apparently everybody thought he was Mexican but he was like Indian oh, it's like do y'all do y'all not have Indians up here <laughs> <laughs> and so it was so funny and then he like never wore like deodorant either and so oh, no. we're like coaching him how to just like basic hygiene and maybe people will want to speak to you and <laughs> all yeah. sorts of fun stuff. And so I didn't think that I'd have to coach people on uh, hygiene at that point in their life, but <laughs> hey, <laughs> uh, fourth summer uh, was a fun summer. Um, that was actually my best summer uh, just because I was working with a group of super high caliber people and so I don't know if you you guys have heard the I'm sure you guys have heard the the quote you are the average of the people that you spend the time the most time with or around. There were just a, a bunch of high performers in that group. So I think that just relayed and it translated to everybody in in that org because that summer uh, Pedro's team who is which I worked with like he had the number one team in the company, mm. you know. Mm. And yeah. so it, it was super cool. Reed Joseph Kyle Kelly just a bunch of studs. Um, 
but that was a fun summer because I was working in um, every, I, I don't know if this happens to everybody, but every summer it seems like they're like, oh, this is the poorest county in whatever state. <laughs> <laughs> I've worked in the poorest counties in like three states. I tell you, <laughs> I'm sure we probably overlapped, and some people are probably lying too. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but it's funny. They were like, "Hey, like, no." When we say this is the poorest county, like, there's not even a McDonald's in this county because of how poor it is. I'm like, what? McDonald's prices are affordable. They're like, exactly. <laughs> okay. Oh and so, um, it, it was just super interesting, but lots of weak business, but. Same, just <laughs> with my attitude and uh, loving people really well and not caring what they got. And it, it was just super fun. Uh, I think from that summer, uh, those were, that summer, there were nights where I didn't get home till like almost one o'clock. Oh, damn. Because, yeah, I'm just working hard, working late. I was wow. like, hey, all determination, all willpower, knocking on houses super late, setting up appointments super late. And... <laughs> that was a summer that I realized sleep is really important for your well-being. Yes. So if there's anybody out there not sleeping, it's important. Please do get it. Your, get your ass to bed. Oh yeah, <laughs> just, just picture Sean Brifo giving you a hug and then list off all your gratitudes, right? And you'll fall right asleep. That's life tip right there. That's a moment. That's a moment y'all had. Oh, on the, never forget. <laughs> before you get before you get to your fifth summer, for those of you listening who don't know what he meant by weak business, it's people who uh, did not put any money down when you sold them, who you have the faith that the, hopefully they're going to pay you before the end of the summer, and yes. they often don't. <laughs> or, you know, it's a gamble, and yes, yeah, so rough totally time. Totally gamble. Time. <laughs> <laughs> totally gamble. I felt like uh, I was so scared at the end of that summer how the summer was going to go. I was like, hey. <laughs> I've got to either bring a set of brass knuckles or some nunchucks or something <laughs> yeah. with me. Um, <laughs> but, but it was actually pretty cool. So I, that summer was actually the first summer for like the, the iPads and sales rabbit oh, and yeah. like the different apps and stuff mm. with technology. And, and so we could actually like set up payment plans, mm-hmm. which was awesome. And so that actually helped me out a lot because it was just a lot of people that were like, Hey, I can't put out anything today but I can put something down on Friday or I can put something down the week after that. And so I just like have everybody just schedule out their payments. So by the time I came to the end, like they either had all of it set up, they already had it all paid for, or it was like, Mm. not. Uh, (laughs) You're going to have to work out a way, right? (laughs) But it was crazy. That was a summer that I, that I always worked out a way and I'll never forget it. That was the summer of a lady who she was like, Hey, honey, I don't have anything, but I want to support you and I want to do something. And so she bought a Mufu. Um, (laughs) and, And it's crazy. This one isn't my biggest pony story, but this is my first time. It was like, so much is possible here because oh, yeah. I delivered like 160 percent uh that summer which is pretty positive because of all the weak business but this lady she bought a mufu and then when I came back at the end of the summer she was like hey um I was like I'm gonna bring in everything anyway and brought in everything she's like and so I'm like showing her all this stuff after I unpack her mufus and show it to her I was like she's like what's all that stuff in the box <laughs> I was like well, it could be yours for a special yeah. price. <laughs> so long story short, I like demoed everything to her. She had like a five-year-old um, and she's like, how much does all that cost? I was like, mm, probably like 600 bucks or something like that. 
which was a huge discount from what it actually yeah. cost. The massive. And, <laughs> it's like fifty percent. <laughs> and so she was like, "You know what? Give me one second. And her dad lived next door, and apparently he's one of those people that like don't believe in banks or whatever. So he <laughs> he goes and he pulls like six hundred dollar bills out of this oh. random drawer and says, "Here, here, here, son. Uh, just give her the books." <laughs> I was like, "All wow. right." This is great. Holy units. Right. And, and this is from a lady who put a mufu on a payment plan. Wow. So <laughs> which was super positive. Um, so fast forward, uh, summer number uh five. I uh, got to work with Becca. It was kind of like the org that I wouldn't say exploded, but I don't know. I don't think that one really had a a huge life lesson per se. It was really wonky as far as, oh, that was the first time I full-time recruited. Um, so I think, oh. no, nah, I guess I didn't full-time recruit. No, that wasn't the first time I full-time recruited. That was the second time I brought out a person. But my mm. first time I brought out a friend, which was that previous summer, and then he came back for another summer that summer and all sorts of good stuff from summer number four, then summer five, was the first time I recruited somebody who never knew me. So he's right. essentially a code recruit. Uh, finished the summer, didn't do that stellar. <laughs> but I Sorry. was like, hey, Scott McDuffie, we still talk today. He's an awesome guy up to crazy awesome stuff in the world and acting and in the field of nursing and literally somebody who's taking control of his life, which is awesome and not being a victim of his circumstances uh which is super fun but it's it's funny because he didn't sell that many units i think he, he he didn't do super well that summer but the life lessons that he was able to take from that and apply the rest of his life i think that's what was more so important yeah that's why we do uh, it which is pretty cool so that was my first time at doing that with somebody i never knew uh and teaching them some stuff and doing some hard stuff so it was great stuff um <laughs> but works well uh, that's awesome yeah, summer number six. Uh, that was the first time I full-time recruited, brought brought out a good bunch of people. Uh, I think it was probably like 14 folks or something like that. Hey. Um, and worked really hard. Uh, that summer was ended up being a really fun one because it was the first time that I was uh, an org leader, an OL. Mm -hmm. And so actually that ended up being back in Minnesota. So let me backtrack my summer. So first summer was Minnesota, second summer, Tennessee, third summer, Ohio. Fourth summer, I started in North Carolina, but then they said that the county I was working was like the poorest in that area. And so I started working in, uh, sorry, starting in Virginia. They said it was uh, the poorest county. Uh, it was called Emporia. And so that they made lots of jokes um, and then ended up apparently working in the poorest county in North Carolina. Um, so it didn't really make a difference. <laughs> uh it ended up being a great summer anyway that was my best summer uh fifth summer was back in tennessee uh same area that i worked before actually just a county over and uh, one of the first years that was living with me uh actually gabe Furman. he'd be a good person to have on this podcast too yeah. uh he's out of colorado gabe Furman. uh he actually worked over me and he's like dude everybody remembers you <laughs> uh, and apparently because of that there were a lot of people that didn't buy from me for whatever reason that ended up buying from him uh which is super fun uh that was actually a really good summer too uh, i think that was the summer that everybody in my hq was actually on sizzler 
Um, wow. So for me, okay. it was like, I'm a good leader. I'm good at show, leading myself by example and other people are going to follow. This is great. Yeah. Um, <laughs> like maybe I should full-time recruit. <laughs> Got him. Uh, and so then the next summer, which was in Minnesota, uh, more central to north of the Twin Cities, um, that was the first time full-time full recruited. It was a crazy, hectic first time being OL. Am I doing things right? Lots of uncertainty, but I was actually, I guess, co-OLs with also Angela Ketchum. Um, and so that that was a fun summer. Um, fun fact. <laughs> Fun fact, Angela Ketchum knocked on my old resident director's door there in Minnesota, and he knew I was selling books and all this good stuff, but he refused to buy books from her. I'm not oh. sure why, but he even like sent me a picture of like her Facebook business card. And yeah, shout out to Joshua Lee. <laughs> <laughs> and, to at, awesome. and to Angela, she's awesome. Yeah, no, she should have bought, he should have bought Hot Dirty. Oh, yeah. Maybe my, my, he just really wanted to buy from you, Nick. And yeah, just, he just never mm -hmm. got around to it. <laughs> Unforgiven. Unforgiven. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, my pony stomach, my pony story actually, which I'll tell probably toward the end of this, yeah, uh, came from uh, my fifth summer. Uh, which <laughs> was super fun. Uh, but first time being a sort of OL because I was co OLs with her with Angela Ketchum. Uh, just a whirlwind of the summer. Uh, it was super fun. I think that org started at like 54 people. And by the end of it, yeah, it was massive. By the end of it, I think we finished the summer with like 23 or 24 people. Ooh. Yeah. Ooh. And so we had a lot fall off. But that, that also was my best team too, because that was a summer that I think we were like number five or something like that. Uh, oh nice or no no i guess shane shane her ticket just beat me out so i was number the number 16 uh, uh in the world which is super fun um jeez <laughs> come on shane. what summer was that that would have been 2013 that was number five so but but what year was that 2015 2015 okay yeah, yeah. um and Damn then next summer after that i was in kentucky uh kentucky uh, so that was my first experience working people who actually had money, uh, which was fun. Oh. So it was like super suburbia. Um, and it, it got me to learn that there was a, okay, this is going to sound weird, but you know how they always teach you turf doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah, that's bullshit. <laughs> turf matters 100%. If you're first, if you're first year listening to this, if you're about to go on your first summer, it, it fucking matters. They're lying. <laughs> sorry, not sorry. Right? Hey, man. No, we got hey, this podcast. This podcast is designed to tell you how it is. Let me tell you. Yeah. That shit matters. It doesn't matter. It does, uh, hold on. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if you know how to sell in it. Exactly. But if, but if for six summers you've been selling in poor territory or whatever, five summers, and then you go to like, high territory like expensive territory you're gonna eat shit oh yeah and that's what the first few weeks felt like <laughs> it matters it yeah. matters big big, big time it, it's like hey when i was working in like suburb city it's like you're gonna get a lot more pushback because more people are selling there more people are selling just in general in that area most yeah. people are gonna, aren't willing to go and sell in the country areas, which up to that point in my summer, it was all pretty much country. And I might have like a little pocket 
um, of like suburban area, which I saved to like the last few weeks of the summer. But this was like, hey, like I'm working UPS pilots that are all making $300,000 a year in like a suburb. And it's like, literally there's like this community of, of houses and it was crazy. I knocked on this person's door and I was like, I'm just, at this point, I'm just curious what the heck everybody does. Half of the people were like, oh, I'm a UPS pilot. <laughs> and then yeah. the other people, they're all business owners. So they're like, oh, I run this company. Oh, I'm a doctor. Oh, I'm a surgeon. Oh, I build pools. Oh, just freaking <laughs> glamorous stuff. And yeah, it was just super nice stuff. Um, but that's also the summer that I ran into the person that had the most kids that I'd ever heard of. A family yeah. that had 13 kids. Oh. And I was like, How? <laughs> yeah it's wild how and then he was like well it's kind of more but yours mine and our situation and i was right. like that's still a crap ton of kids <laughs> how many miles to like, feed right <laughs> but they were all happy super fun family um and i think that was something that was pretty cool too is just in seeing so many families and so many different situations people who had money that were happy, people who had money that weren't happy, people who were poor and happy, and people who obviously poor and which one am I leaving out? Not happy. happy. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> it, it was like just exposure to so many different families. It was like I, I literally got to see the kind of family dynamic I, I wanted to have one day. Yeah. You know, I go for it. No, we were just talking about that with Delissa in the last episode where it's like that was like an unexpected thing to learn is like parenting. Yeah. I want to be like that. Do not want to be like that or whatever. Big time. And just seeing families. And it was funny because it got to the point, especially that summer, because uh, working all these rich people, it was all mindset. It Mm. was like, hey, no means next to the max. But it was like, hey, I was like, okay, what kind of things can I do that even if this isn't a great summer for me, because my results at especially at the beginning, they weren't there because I was focused on selling versus focused on learning and focused on growing. It was funny because when I shifted that, like one of my questions was, it's like, okay, I guess when I ran into families that were super happy, it's like, like, you guys are awesome. Thank you for raising great kids. I guess, what do you think makes the biggest difference in raising great kids? And just learn about all these different situations and hearing family stories and what they went through. It, it just made that summer so much more worth it, especially at the end when it was really weird. It's almost like because I took the focus off of selling and took my focus to learning uh, about myself and learning about people that that's when my results started to really pick up, hmm. you know, and I felt like I was spending time with good people. I wasn't just a salesman knocking on their door. I was somebody who actually cared and I was a human being. Right. Uh, because I was focused on growth and learning. It was really cool. That's huge. That's a huge thing. A service-minded attitude or like a, a, an attitude of wanting to connect. That was, oh, that's huge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Big, big, big time. Nice, dude. Uh, and then my last summer, this might sound weird, but um, I made a commitment to be there for two summers, two, two more, at least two more summers. And so definitely my last summer, I definitely didn't want to be there, but I worked hard. I, I brought out a team of some sharp studs and uh, all of that. Like I sent one girl home, but everybody else finished. Cool. And um, all except one of them was a, was a top first year. Cool. And so shout out to Abram, shout out to Mason Miller, shout out to Shelby Cox. We had a bunch of studs on that team. So it was really fun. Yeah. Um, <laughs> 
Um, yeah, dude, it, it was it was where a was that whirlwind? Where was that summer? South Carolina. Ah, uh, yes, humid yeah. heat, just a lot of really nice people, a lot of sweet tea, right? Oh yeah, tons of sweet tea. North, <laughs> we were, we were North right Georgia. <laughs> oh, that sounds awesome. Um, and then we were, I was right outside of Columbia. So again, it was like a suburb, suburb craziness. And literally, I think all except maybe 30 people that summer were military. Um, and so it, it was a fun summer of lots of directness. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it took some getting used to but then i was like hey what do i remember from when i worked areas like this before and then it was like okay then the summer started to pick up again so but all yeah. in all definitely good experience definitely a lot of learning definitely a lot of uh leadership opportunities to learn myself and who i wanted to be and what kind of impact i wanted to have on people and just loving and listening and uh just helping people see that, hey, especially when it comes to sales, if you get better at your life and developing yourself, whatever that looks like for you, you're, you're going to get better at sales uh, because you're developing. And I guess the, the MITT quote, how you do one thing is how you do everything. So yeah. if you progress at anything in life, you, you're you're going, it's going to be translatable in some way, one way or another, whether it's going to be mm. in the discipline that it took to learn that or whether it's been in setting an intention or whatever it was. It's like, if you're getting better at any area of your life, it's going to directly correlate to other areas of your life. It's kind of cool Damn. how that works, right? Dude. Dude, you're a stud. I mean, I this is why I love talking to Sean every time. It's always just like I need I need some energy. This call Sean, <laughs> <laughs> dude. And let me ask you this because you you kind of had brought this up a little bit earlier. Or we were talking about it before we went live. But um, and I talked to Delissa a little bit about this because uh, she brought up that she had sold. And this is shifting gears a little bit, but in this experience that you had with Southwestern, she had she had sold in a territory where there's active KKK members. If you haven't heard that story, go back and listen to the episode before this as well, because it, it's pretty it's pretty wild. But her story of that was her mentality in that and how to overcome that was incredible. But did you did you ever experience something like that? And and like what was that? What was your mentality to to still be positive like that over over something like that? Yeah, man, I'm glad you brought that up. So that was summer number. four five in Tennessee. Hmm. So, and it's funny because at the same time, as I'm going through working in this area that they're like, oh, Teleco Plains, Tennessee, that's the most racist area of Tennessee. And I'm like, oh, oh why'd they put me here? <laughs> 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 but, but honestly, I, I think what it really was, because I think I just put my blinders on and I was just smart enough to be dumb enough, you know? And so uh, I just listened and I just went to work. And I remember one day they said, oh, don't go up on the mountain. Those mountain men, they aren't nice to people like you. And I got several warning after warning after warning after warning. And not only that, I remember walking, I mean, I was working uh, on the street that led up to the mountain and I remember as they were driving by, it was a bunch of hick looking white boys in a truck. And they were oh. like, they were like, hey, N-word. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> like, this is like, as I like knocked on the door and like waiting for somebody to answer. And then I'm like, oh, 
that must be what they're talking about. <laughs> Dang. Wow. And so uh, long story short, it was crazy because I found myself up on the mountain one day where it's funny. It seems like all my, my, my crazy days that I have these weird epiphanies about, it's always like raining super hard. And so <laughs> I, I, I'm looking at my map. I, I drew my pre-approach map out because I didn't really like the, the sales rabbit app. And so I still continue to draw my maps. And so um, I was just following my map and I just happened to cross into this area where there were like no houses. It was literally a road that went up to the mountain, but I circled an area of the mountain. They were like, oh, just don't go over here. And so I was like, okay, cool. I'll just work all this stuff around it. And, but it was still going up the mountain. So long story short, it's like raining super hard. I start to drive on this road and I, I literally saw a bear poop in the woods, like literally actively pooping as I'm like driving across this like little ravine. Um, I, I don't know how it happened, but it just started raining super hard. And I was like, hey, this is the area I'm working today. And so long story short, <laughs> I thought that this big area that I drew out, actually it was like three or four pages worth of maps. Uh, that I drew out, I thought there were going to be houses all along it. Mm. And it was literally nothing. And so uh, in this, I think I was probably driving for about 40 minutes, driving really slow, because I'm like driving on this dirt road, it's like raining super hard. I'm like crossing over little rivers, little ravines, and like in super backwoods, windy road. And so long story short, after that time, I ended up actually on the top of the mountain. Mm. which is crazy where everybody was like, Hey, don't go. Don't go, don't go. <laughs> no. Um, and so long story short, I, I was like, all right, I'm working. Cause I didn't actually even realize that I was in this area because I hadn't drawn out the maps yet. And so I was mm -hmm. like, all right, well, I don't have maps for this area. So I guess I'll just draw them as I go. And so after 40 minutes of driving on this like crazy windy trail, whatever, getting up on the mountain, I'm like going, I'm like knocking on doors. They were like, how did you find this place? <laughs> I was like, I just followed the road. <laughs> and they were like, wait, how'd you come up? Like super nice, like old lady. And so she's like giving me pre-approach. And it was interesting through getting pre-approach. It was almost like I was just literally jumping from family to family. Cause there wasn't a lot of, um, there wasn't a lot of young people up on the mountains, but the people that were on the mountains that were young, they definitely had kids. And so uh, the first lady I talked to, I, I remember her mentioning something like, hey, just make sure while you're up here, it's like, I'm glad you stopped by here first. But she's like, just make sure while you're up here, like if you're gonna work in this area, just don't go on the other side of the main highway. Ah. Uh, Cause I was like, oh, I must be up on the area where they were telling me not to go. <laughs> Damn. That's when it clicked for me. But I was like, all right. She gave me more pre-approach. So I'm literally jumping from like family to family. And she, she even mentioned, she was like, honestly, where you're going to run into like those racist people. She was like, it's going to be the older folks um, or the ones that were raised by the older folks. Um, as long as you're cautious and you don't go on the other side of the highway, she made it very clear. Don't go on the other side of the highway. She's like, if you go on the other side of the highway, you might not go home. I was like, oh, Ominous. all right, I guess I'll just work in this area. Yeah, right. so, uh, she's like, pre-approach, hey, I know this family, I know this family, I know this family. So literally, she starts literally naming all these people on the mountain with kids. 
And so I'm like, this is great. Yeah, right. <laughs> I'm glad I ran into you versus anybody else. So uh, funny. So I, I, it was it was really cool. I, it was like sale after sale after sale after sale because everybody knew this old lady that didn't have kids because she was a retired teacher. Uh, um, and so if I would have just listened to all these people and not gone up there, I would have missed out on my best day that summer. Uh, uh, I think that summer was like 147 units, nothing super crazy. Sure. Um, but it, it was really fun at the same time because I don't know, I guess I just had my blinders on and I was like, well, if it's going this well up here, maybe I'll go and knock on one house on the other side. And that's where <laughs> I got it. I was like, well, since it is my last like time up in this area, I'll just knock just to be sure. Uh, and so I literally go and I knock, actually I was driving up and they were just like looking at me like I was some sort of alien. They were like, what the heck? And so, look, I literally get out of my car. I'm like waving as I'm driving up, being super positive. <laughs> and the guy's like, you lost, boy? I was like, I think so. And I just walked back to my car and just laughed. <laughs> and I was like, all right, she confirmed it. Yeah, <laughs> like, right. He just called me for it, didn't he? Mm -mm. <laughs> all right, I'm going back down. <laughs> wow. And so, Damn. Um, yeah, it, I guess, because it's kind of crazy at the same time because like I've only heard of stuff like like that happened like oh of like people getting like pushed and like punched by dads I'm like in my head I could never fathom it because like how do you how do you get yourself into that situation because like in my head it's like I just showed up as super positive and I, I've always gone by the the little mentality to say like selling is a transference of emotion and mm -hmm. so I, I just treated people well and I there weren't very many times where I wasn't well received, you know? And so, cause I, I've heard lots of stories of like people getting in the fights on the book films. I'm like, what would you have had to done? What would you have had to do to get into that situation where a dad would want to punch you or push you off of like a porch or I'm like, it's just in how you show up. And hopefully that's a lesson for life. If, if you show up in a positive way, you will be well received, you know, but if you show up trying to start something or you shift because of your reaction to try to want to be a certain way and it's not well received, well, you put yourself in that situation, you know, but then again, I, I do get that there's some situations that you can't really control, but I guess for me, if I ever felt uncomfortable, I just left. If I ever felt like my right. safety was in jeopardy, like in that one house, I didn't even know if it was in jeopardy at that, that one house, uh, but I just left. And I, and actually it probably, the, my communication with that family was probably a little bit longer. They were like, yeah, man, uh, sorry for my look. We just don't get many, many people like you up here. I was like, all right, that's my key. I need to go. I was like, all right, sorry, man. Probably at the wrong house. And I left. And so it's like, I, I don't know. And sometimes I just feel like uh, like how you show up and in, in your intention in certain situations is just so important. Um, I get that you can't always control what happens to you, but I, I think we can control how we show up. And that's in anything in life. It's if you have kids, if you're married, like you can control how you show up regardless of what's happened in your day or in your life or in your week or whatever, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. Wise yeah. words, man. I, I uh, always appreciated your, your mindset in that because it reminds me as a pasty white boy from the Midwest that the same <laughs> lesson applies, right? Uh, how I show up is how people, you know, can then mirror it 
um, almost un unconsciously. And that's so much of what we are taught is how to just kind of like levelize people and then bring them up because that's what we're there to do. So um, yeah, uh, the, the life after Southwestern to switch gears once again here, sure. um, curious how that, that transition went for you. Um, so it was 2018 then that was your last summer and, um, 2017, yeah, 2017 was my last summer, cool. uh, transition kind of went on a sabbatical to Canada cause I was trying to decide what I want to do next. If I didn't know that I was, yeah, it's pretty cool. I just by myself, it was really weird because I, I love music. And this whole trip, like that whole week was the first time that I, I didn't listen to music because I just wanted to be with my thoughts. Mm. And, and I prayed oh. a lot during that time because I, I wanted to figure out what was next. And I was looking for some sort of guiding, guiding light with my faith and everything too. And so long story short, it, it led me to work in with, I was interviewing at several different places. It, it kind of led me to work in with uh, a startup based out of Austin with Don Schaefer, who is an awesome stud, uh, loved the guy to death. I, I hope we get to work together in the future to some extent, uh, somehow, because just a total guy of like just awesome vision and just what he creates ends up always being good, even when it's not good, it's freaking awesome. <laughs> uh, but ended up working with one of his companies where we're doing business to business sales and we were helping local local business owners I worked in Lafayette Louisiana and I worked in Waco for a very short stint and I worked out in Lubbock uh, helping business owners get more traction for their businesses through through a mobile app so it was pretty cool um, cool wow. yeah cool. and then after that uh, is where I am now uh, I work with Cardinal Senior Benefits. We, 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 we help uh, seniors uh, make sure that they're doing right by their family. And we're essentially advisors that make sure that, hey, if they were to lose their life, like their family's not going to have to worry about anything. So mm -hmm. we're advisors. We, we bring a sense of security for people especially when everything is most uncertain. Amen, brother. That's a, that's a good service. Don't get Andre started about uh, some insurance <laughs> talks here because he, uh, he's, he's got the Primerica conviction there for uh, for term, not not final expense. But. No, we, Sean and I have talked about this before. Oh, what, we've duped the, it out. The, the, yeah. demographic, <laughs> the, the, the demographic that he assists is properly served. So Amen, it's all good. Man. Besides, uh, uh, Delissa sold insurance too, and we didn't talk about that. It's all good. Oh, okay. no, yeah. I, I'm just getting flashbacks of that Miles episode. Where yeah, that was fun. <laughs> that was fun that was fun and i did and that, by the way on that i'll follow up with him later but i did look into it still not st still lots to talk about yeah, um, I mean, younger younger people don't get that final expense you know whole yeah. life insurance gotta get that term and reinvest term. stuff but sean you're doing right by your customers that's right sir you're you're a good-hearted man uh did you what would you say out, out of the things that you learned from from experience like you apply the most or like what were some that you're thankful that you learned that's now helping you in, in your, in your career. Oh, dude, literally it, it's funny because, uh, as I'm talking to people now, it, I feel like it's directly translatable. Mm -hmm. Um, mm -hmm. just in, in some of the success principles that we learn, they, they really are success principles. If you follow these principles that there really is no reason you shouldn't be successful at anything. Right. It's like you, you, you work hard, you study hard and you're coachable. 
work hard, study hard, be coachable, work hard, study hard, be coachable, work hard, study hard, be coachable. Like work hard, you got to put in the work. Study hard, you got to, you have to learn about your industry. You have to learn about your product. You have to learn about the people. You have to learn about your ideal client. You, like whether you're a teacher, whether you're <laughs> uh, selling a product, whether you're an executive, literally it, it's all these concepts can, can be applied to literally any field. And I think that was the biggest reason why I did it. Uh, work hard, study hard, and then be coachable. It's modeling the people before you who have also had success, mm. you know? And, and so th there's, there's stuff that I apply every single day from what I learned from books. It's crazy. And even just the concept of like getting better at life, if you get better at life, if you if you have a balanced life and when I say balanced life, it's not, oh, you have to spend the same amount of time on everything in your life. It's you have to spend the right time on all these different areas of your life. And that that leads to balance, because like, let's say you have this cup to fill. You can only if you let's say a recipe, you have to put the, the right amount of each thing in there or it's going to be horrible. If you put the same amount of water as flour <laughs> and you're making a cake and the same amount of chocolate and the same amount of sugar, it's going to be a horrible cake. Same amount of eggs. Imagine just pouring like four cups worth of eggs. Right. It's like, it, it's, 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 it's not the recipe. It's not going to work. Right. And so same with life balance. It's, it's all these different concepts and success principles are, are directly translatable to just being a rock star at life. Mm -hmm. Damn. Damn. Well, hold on. And then you said to bake that for how long? <laughs> <laughs> for eight summers. <laughs> yeah, bake that for eight summers and 80 hours a week. That's 16 yeah. years of 40 hour weeks. Oh, yeah. nah, dude, that's, a little that's bit of racism in there that you can then walk away from, right? <laughs> oh, goodness. That's Damn, funny. What about the lessons that you learned after the book field? Um, you, you talked about that sabbatical in Canada. You talked about your your yeah. work with uh, that local um, consulting company. And um, of course, Se Cardinal Senior Benefits probably taught you a thing or two about um, helping people with finances, but also um, a different sales process. So what are some key lessons that are worth sharing to some of our listeners from post Southwestern? Yeah, uh, dude, I, I think so since Southwestern, because I, I felt like I grew so much personally with Southwestern, and that was actually my biggest fear from leaving Southwestern. Uh, it's funny for me, I feel like the 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 best thing I, I ever did was leaving Southwestern, but also at the same time, I felt like I was so fearful of it because of my friends, the community. I thought I was going to lose all that, the personal growth, the development, but it's like, no, like we're, we're the captains of our ships. Like we can, we can create that for ourselves. So uh, since Southwestern, I've kind of become somewhat of a, of a personal development junkie. Oh yeah. Um, <laughs> I know that about you. <laughs> From MITT to my, to my short stint with just all sorts of different things, different programs, like, I'm not trying to brag, but I, I spent a lot Good. of money on personal development. Long story short, um, because I, I just feel like it's important. Um, I, it's funny. I was sitting down with a millionaire uh, when I was in El Paso, one of the guys from my Tony Robbins community. And he was like, hey, man, uh, I know you're getting into investing all this stuff. Let me just drop some knowledge on you real quick. Super chill, super awesome, dude. He has like, I think, eight or nine different companies that he that he runs. Wow. 
and he does it and it doesn't look like he's ever stressed just super positive super high energy and he was like the first thing you got to do man it's like you you want to and by the way i'm not a financial advisor and this is not financial advice i am just sharing a story of what i learned and i actually took notes on this so ah here we (laughs) We go legally positive uh let's see uh i'm looking for my notes deal by the if way we're I not can. sponsored by tony robbins but we could be <laughs> all right tony my boy <laughs> it, it, it's possible everything's possible um cool and so he's like hey sean if, if you, there, there's six stages to investment he said you, you would essentially look at them like buckets so you don't go to the next bucket until your last bucket is quote unquote full so your first bucket for investment is in yourself. Um, and then he named all these different programs that we're both involved in. Um, and he's like, anything that's going to help you develop yourself and help you learn. He's like, the second thing, especially if you have a business, you, you want to invest in your business. So it's hiring people, it's investing in sophomore, software, things that make productivity and things easier and better. Uh, the reason why he said your first, yourself first, because he was like, hey, dude, you, you have to clean up your own backyard before you start trying to clean up the world. Hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. It's not like the Bible, the, the verse that talks about the you casting judgment on other people and you don't even notice the stick in your own eye. It's right. like you have to you have to get better yourself before you start trying to better other people. The, um, the airplane, when it's going down, they tell you to put your mask put on, on your first mask first. for helping others, right? Exactly. <laughs> Uh, same analogy. So uh, investing in yourself, whether that be, he just kind of mentioned YBL, which is one of his programs, Joe Dispenza, Donnie Epstein. Um, I could talk about a lot of other things that he mentioned, but it probably wouldn't be legal. Um, podcast. <laughs> that, that's, that's on the, the uh, pony, ponytails uncensored. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, then he talks about your business. Then he's a big proponent of real estate. Then he's like investing in real estate. Uh, and then after that, it's investing in anything that's going to leave you with some sort of tax advantage. He just bought a plane this year. And it's funny, he's actually found a way to make that plane make him money. But then also he gets that huge tax advantage from it. And then he talks about <laughs> his next thing is investing in stupid shit. And I'm going to let you let your mind be creative. But he mentioned uh, a lot of things that most people are investing in widely now today. And then he talks about charity. The, the giving back. It's like once you're already established, it's like making making huge contributions to things that you believe in. Um, and awesome. so um, th- there's there's a lot that I'm learning uh, post-Southwestern, not, not only for uh, myself and sales, but just, you know, it, it's, it's bigger thinking, it, it's business, it's helping people, it's helping groups of people, it's helping communities of people. And then of course, uh, my own financial wellness as well. So, yeah, man. Damn, dude, I'm taking all these notes. I'm gonna. Have I, to I actually just shared the six things that you shared with us on the comments of this video. So, yeah. oh, nice. Yeah, good stuff. <laughs> Hell yeah, man. That's dude, awesome. That's legit. Well, oh, man. I think I think uh, with uh, we we're going. We I gave you a we had a hard cutoff, so I think it's we can squeeze that pony story in if you got a, if you got. All right, let's do it. Well, you could yeah we got we got time we got time you could, no rush give us, the, nice. give us the don't give us a long story short give us a the long story long. Give us, <laughs> yes please. 
Yes. All right. Please. So long story long, it'll probably be about five minutes. Cool. <laughs> probably more, Brilliant. maybe. Let, let's see yeah. how it plays out. Brandon so, Q in half an hour. So you're good. <laughs> That's Go awesome. <laughs> so uh, my pony story, it's nothing super crazy. It was just probably my biggest sale ever. Cool. Um, it, it was my fifth summer, the summer in Minnesota. Um, it was crazy because it was is this little little town. I think it was called Barnum, and it's like everybody's like, "Oh, you need to go see." I don't even remember his name to this day, but he was like, "Oh, you need to stop by and see that house. He's probably the wealthiest man here. He's the wealthiest man here. He's the wealthiest man here. He's got a little son and a seventh grader. Super fun family. They're great. They were the hardest family to freaking catch. It's not even funny." how it goes they always are dude <laughs> hardest family to catch and so i like talking to i probably talked to his wife like seven times and she was like oh you have to wait till he's here he takes care of all that stuff he takes care of all, hey he spends all the money he spends all the money i just get a little budget each month he spends all the money <laughs> and so uh finally catch him and it was cool uh, just it was I, I, at that point, I was just like loving the summer on a high just because I was doing well. I was loving people well, caring about people, uh, learning so much just from so many people that were truly leaving an impact on the world and their communities and all sorts of stuff. And so I finally catch him and he's just like super fun to be with, um, just super active, animated. I'm like, man, you're awesome. Everybody keeps talking about you're you're the richest person here. He's like, oh no, no, no. But super humble. And I'm like, well, so what do you do? He's like, man, honestly, I don't really do much of anything. I'm like, why the heck are you so hard to catch then? <laughs> <laughs> so he was like, all right, well, if you must know, he he actually owns an RV park in North Dakota. It, it is the most well-known one there and it's on like 142 acres and oh he was God. like yeah man it gets booked out every summer it's actually normally booked year round he's like people are normally booking for their stays literally a year in advance Damn. i was like wow well you are having some sort of impact on people he's like yeah so i'm there i'm between here and there and my mom lives next door and she lives on 39 acres. And so I'm always helping her out and taking care of the land and everything too. I've got a couple brothers, but they all live like in Florida and California and stuff. So I'm the only one here. So I'm, I'm normally the one that's like taking care of everything. I was like, wow, dude. Well, I'm glad I caught you. Long story short, he's like, and so we're like talking, we talked for like an hour before we even got into like the book presentation. So it was probably my longest sit down because I think one time I caught him and he was like, Hey man, can you do this for me? How late do you work? He was like, come back at nine. Yeah. And so I was like, all right, that's how I ended up finally catching him. Cause he's like literally running out the door. Uh, he was like, Oh yeah, my wife's been telling me about you, but I can't talk now. Come back at nine. I think I came back at nine one night and he still wasn't even back. And I was like, Oh yeah. crap. And I just tried again. And luck of the draw finally happened to catch him. He like made me dinner and everything. He was wow. like, yeah, so, so, so what are you? And then I went into rapport. We talked for like an hour and he's like, so, 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 so what you doing here? <laughs> 
And then finally, I was like, oh, yeah, well, I'm selling these educational books. And so he's like, all right, sure, I'll take some. He's like, uh, what's this book about? I was like, there's two books for math, one for science, one for social studies and language, and then one for honors. And then there's this topic source for like college stuff or whatever. And he was like, okay, I'll take those five. The easiest sell of my life. But to sweeten that cake, he paid in full everything. He's like, all right, so I'll see you at the end of the summer or something like that. I was like, yep, I'll see you at the end of the summer. <laughs> so I'm like driving home that night on like cloud nine. Uh, and my, my turf was like an hour from where I was living. Um, and so drove home that night or whatever. And then fast forward to the end of the summer. Because uh, all I knew was that he had, I didn't know that they had like a little one. Uh, mm. But because that was their grandson. And so long story short, came back at the end of summer. He was like, I came in with this big thing of books. Uh, he's like, so what else you got? And so long story short, their grandson, who they're also raising, I think is like three years old. And so they were like, hey, uh, what's all this other kid stuff? He's like, well, I got a grandson. I was like, yeah, I noticed. Because yeah. <laughs> he just happened to be with him. That yeah. night he made me, when I came back for deliveries, he's like, hey, you got to come back late again. Uh, he's like, have you ever had swordfish? I was like, no, I've never had swordfish. I'll take some of that. So swordfish, steak, and some awesome chicken that he made uh, with a couple sides. So he literally had my plate waiting for me when I got there for deliveries. It yeah. was freaking dope. <laughs> yeah. So well, the first time I ever had swordfish, spectacular. It's it's the steak of the sea. Um, so long story short, I get there and he's like, uh, I showed them their books and they're like, Okay, cool. And would you say something for college? We'll take that book too. Just throw it in. And then he was like, he's like, what about these kids' books? I got a grandson. I was like, you want to buy those too? <laughs> he was like, yeah. He's like, uh, and I was like, yeah. I was like, well, he's like, if you had anything else, I'd buy it too. I was like, well, I've got some extra kid books. And so he looks at his wife and they're like, you know what? How many sets you got? I was like, uh. <laughs> Long story short, so they they ended up buying a, a couple more kids' libraries. They bought one for their home. They bought one for their daughter's home. They bought one for his daycare. And this other little kid, I think the little kid's name was Henry or something like that. They just knew a family that was un, like just less fortunate. And they always spent time together and stuff like that. So they bought a, a kid's adventure library for their family, too. And so I'm like, hell yeah. <laughs> Damn. I, he's like, how many you got? I was like, I've got as many as you need. Wow. <laughs> and no. so they got three, no, I guess four kids adventure libraries and then the advantage books. So pretty positive. Do you remember how many units that was? I, I'm like sure I can add it up, but crazy. <laughs> I could tell you the full set of books was 50 plus 28 times four. Yeah. 162 units. There you go. Did you sign them up online? Uh, oh yeah. All right. I got, I got, it was really weird. So I only got them one online subscription. They're probably still paying today, honestly. That's um, but they wanted to get two, but I think we needed to get, uh, either the, I think, no, no, he ended up calling like the daycare people. And he got their email as well. And so I guess that was two subscriptions that were that he was paying for. It's pretty positive. So that's, oh, 100, that that's 170 units. Heck yeah. It was and super positive. I can't believe he didn't send him a cookbook. 
Yeah, right. <laughs> Dude, I didn't have any in my car. I'd already sold them all. Uh, <laughs> uh, do you ever? Do you ever have a? Did you guys ever sell a Christian family Bible library, like the Bible library? Yeah. Well, of course. Yeah. I sold. I sold a couple to uh, some Amish folks. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's Amish, Amish folks at home. Amish folks love them. Yeah, they yes, love they them. Oh yeah. I think uh, I sold like five of those in my whole career. Me too. <laughs> No. <laughs> I had a I had an entire like Amish community my third summer like I was in Pennsylvania and so I sold like nine of those it was so much that I nice. like I the company had to like print more or, so, or like they had to like get more from someone else or something like that I don't remember yeah. what happened but they were delayed I was like hey I need like five more of these and they're like we don't have any at the and I'm like or they already printed but they had to get them from somewhere I don't know how, what it yeah. was on but I was yeah. like you're out. So it was really <laughs> Thanks, Sean. That's that's a pony of all ponies, man. Anyone who shared a pony story was like, yeah, it was a really hard day. And then they bought, I mean, you like found these guys and like made friends, ate some swordfish, dropped the bag <laughs> twice, three times. It's just like, look at you go, man. That's that's what you get for working hard, having a good attitude, treating people well. I love it, man. Any parting words that you have for the ponytails audience? Yeah, less words Ooh. of wisdom. Parting words, words of wisdom. Uh, the cliche, you can have everything that you want. You just got to work for it. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, uh, I, I think this is probably more important. Uh, I guess w whatever it is, you're just in conversations that you have with people or whether it's when you get home and you're with your kids or whatever. Like if you set an intention before you do any and everything, there's no reason you should fail. You're going to come out. You're going to, you're going to convey yourself in the right ways. It's almost like reminding yourself. It's almost like studying before the tests, you mm. know, setting that intention before you do anything, mm. you're just going to have a different level of clarity, a different level of focus. Um, and, and it's going to be beneficial for anybody that's involved with you. So whatever you do, set an intention. Love it. That's Damn. awesome. Well, I can't think of a better way to wrap this whole thing up, man. I appreciate you being on with us. And yeah, what a, what a wonderful time to have spent with you. You're so energetic and I appreciate all the, all the wise words that you shared and the stories that you, that you gave us, man. Thank you so much. Thank you, man. Thank you for uh, putting this together because it's a, it's allowed me to reminisce on something that I, I don't like, I, I wouldn't say I don't like to think about it often, but it just doesn't come up to go this in depth. So I, I appreciate you guys for giving me that gift. Yeah. Man, oh yeah. Anytime. Thanks Check it out on Facebook. We got it uploaded to YouTube soon after. Spotify, Apple Podcasts, all that stuff. But again, thank you, Sean. We've got we've got some awesome guests coming up here. For we are now in season two of the Ponytails right. podcast. We finally wrangled down Will and Andy of Mizzou fame, Will Metcher and Andy uh, Andy Laws. So that's going to be on the twelfth in two weeks. Um, do we have anyone set for next week, Andres? We got to work on that. No, I think I should. I, I have a couple of people lined up waiting to confirm dates. Andrew cool. Benson, Andrew Williamson cool. uh, are both guys who are wanting to be on uh, yeah. that we have invited on and they agreed. So they're, I think both Andrews are coming up this week. Or I hope we can hey, lock Are we up. allowed to call people out on here and make them yes. get up? Do it. Do it. <laughs> yes. Let's go. Who you got? Who you got? Jessica Lackey, Pedro what? Vega. Williams Ooh, on. those are those are all good ones. Williams Andrade. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Calling out uh, Williams Andrade. Yeah. He yeah he's working on it too. We were I think he, next, he said he's already been in contact. Yep. Yeah. 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 He, he uh, somebody shouted him out on the Instagram. Yeah. Speaking of which, 
speaking of which real quick plug follow us on facebook and instagram and youtube and Spotify get in here. Subscribe. Get in here. Hey. he's coming he's coming he's coming coming soon next message and we'll set a date don't worry oh yeah can, oh, yeah. You, can you do this thursday let's do it <laughs> Thursday, I'll see you Thursday. Thursday, all right, seven you central. Seven central. Thursday at seven central. Closed. Close it. That's how you do it. All right. Well, what a better way to end than that, guys. We'll see you later. We're signing off. My name is Andres Gamboa. Uh, Nick Tiverti is my co-host, and Sean Briefo was with us. Not so, uh, not so bad. This is an amazing episode. Thank you so much, Sean, for your energy, brother. Peace out. Love you guys. Thank you. Love you too. Bye.